This is why when you think all day long, don't eat those chocolate chip cookies that are on the counter in the kitchen when you get home. Your subconscious mind is picturing the cookies. So when you get home, it thinks that's what you Mm. want it to do. Wow. And then you're like, what's wrong with you? Why'd you eat the cookies? I told you all day long. Like, I have no self control. Yeah. It's like, no, actually, you told your subconscious mind all day long cookies, cookies, cookies. The cookies story is my life with. (laughs) (laughs) I'm Nina. And I'm Liz. We don't have all the answers, but we do have a bottle of wine and some thoughts. If you're looking for honest musings on life, happiness, health, and wellness, you've come to the right place. We'll even throw in a couple off-the-wall jokes, some personal stories, and of course, some shenanigans. So grab a glass of wine and join the conversation. Hey, Wine and Shiners. Today on our new episode, we have a very mind-blowing experience. It's literally like truth bombs galore. And I'm not even, yeah, we're not exaggerating. Like it was very life-changing. We had, she even got kind of deep with us and a couple of our um, insecurities Mm -hmm. and talking us through those. So today on the episode, we are talking with Shell Hamilton and she is a meditation artist. She has a podcast called The Meditation Minis. It's actually ranked one of the top meditation podcasts Ever. It's an award-winning podcast. It is. So yeah. she has, like, what did she say? 7 million downloads. Mm-hmm. It's insane. Um, and she's from Columbus, which is really cool. So we actually got to talk to her in person. She also does hypnotherapy and she has a business here in Columbus and also does that via Skype and all of those things. So this episode just really gets to like the root of your subconscious and trying to work through your blocks and how you can change negative habits and really transform the way you live your life and live the the best way that you know how. It also, I think for those who maybe saw the episode title and are interested in hypnosis, it takes away a lot of that Mm woo-woo idea of what hypnosis is. And there's some facts about how you may already be being hypnotized and you don't even know it. Yeah. So- Again, mind-blowing. Really, really cool. But before we hop into the episode, I did want to remind our listeners that I am still offering a discount code for anybody that is interested in coaching with me. Um, I just really started coaching clients a few months ago and it's made your heart sore. It's what I'm, it's what I do. Like it's what I love to do. Um, and basically if you're interested in coaching, we talk a lot about gut health and immunity and how to ease anxiety and raise your energy levels. Um, pretty much all of the things that I struggled with for so many years. And I just really love working with women to help them uncover what's holding them back from living their happiest healthiest selves. Um, so if you're interested in that, you can always email us at Wine and Shine, or you can head over to my website, which is nourishedwithnina.com. But if you mentioned that you heard of my coaching through the podcast, um, then I will offer you a discount code and we can get started. So I have either a three-month program or I also just developed a 90-minute intensive session that might also work a little bit better for you. So if you're interested, hit me up and we can talk more about what that looks like for you. Awesome. Well, let's get into our mind-blowing episode with Shell Hamilton. Okay, so with moving to Bali, is this something you can do now with your work? Like it's mobile, you can take it anywhere? Because I know that you're doing some different things here in Columbus, so I'm curious how that's going to play out. Yeah, so originally my idea was that I always wanted to be location independent, Mm -hmm. uh, but I had a a son in school. Mm -hmm. And while you can do that, that wasn't necessarily the 
school experience I wanted for him. Yeah. Um, so part of my work is totally mobile and part of my work is not, which means if I choose to move, part of my work will go with me. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so the brick and mortar business here in Columbus, where I see my one-on-one clients for more straight up hypnotherapy mm-hmm. and coaching um, will not go with me. Mm. But I see clients online all the time. I see them by by phone and Skype. And the with the way the podcast is going, I really want to get more and more into doing group work. Yeah. Mm. Which I love. I've done a decent amount of it, but I really, really, really love like working with a large group and moving them over a weekend or even an evening from one mm. place to another. Now, what does that look like, group hypnotherapy? Like- or is it group meditation? See, I'm still, I'm like still trying to figure <laughs> out the two, you know? So I like to use the, the term guided meditation mm-hmm. um, because it's an eyes closed process. So what we're talking about here is really eyes closed processes, whether it's guided or you practicing even a silent mindful meditation, that's an eyes closed process mm-hmm. of coming back to constant focus. Even a contemplation can be an eyes closed process if you are closing your eyes and mm-hmm. kind of daydreaming. Mm-hmm. Hypnosis is the same thing. It's an mm. eyes closed process. And when we close our eyes and we go inside, no matter what you want to call it, right? Guided meditation, hypnosis, mm-hmm. daydreaming. Um, we have an inner experience that subconsciously is just as rich and real to our subconscious mind as it is to the experience the subconscious mind has when our eyes are open. Hmm. So what that means, in short, is your subconscious mind cannot tell the difference between what you experience when your eyes are closed and you're in a trancey kind of place, picturing things, Mm -hmm. feeling things, and reality. Wow. That's powerful. It is That's powerful. so interesting. And they've done studies on this. Uh, they did a study, I believe it was in the 70s, and the first one was with divers. And they were studying the power of hypnosis. But like I said, it's, you know, two sides of the same coin. Mm-hmm. And um, what they discovered, because the study got totally messed up because the control group did diving better than everybody else, the control group just did self-hypnosis for 30 minutes. Mm-hmm a day for three weeks. Mm -hmm. They didn't do any physical diving practice and they dove better than the other two groups. And so the the experimenters are like, oh my God, what do we do? Yeah. And they hooked them up to electrodes. They had them go into their self-hypnosis and picture themselves doing their dive. And what they found was that their muscles were electrically firing as though they were physically doing the motion. Mm. And because we can imagine ourselves doing things more perfectly than we often do them in reality, especially when we're learning stuff, it allowed them to not only dive better than everybody else, but it also really, I found, shortens the learning curve massively when we're wanting to model new behaviors, new habits, new ways of reacting to situations, Mm -hmm. like when your boss is being a jerk rather than having your own knee-jerk reaction to that. Um, the process of guided meditations or hypnosis uh, can really support you in choosing a different way to be in those moments. And it doesn't take like months or even years to learn how to be that way. You can learn to be that way 
in a couple of sessions. Wow. Now, I'm always interested in how, as children, we're so imaginative and creative and mm-hmm. open. And then I look back at how I used to play as a child, and it seems so foreign to me now. And I'm wondering, in that visualization, it sounds like it's kind of going a lot back to that imagination, dreaming, creativity. How do we kind of revert back to that existence that we aren't used to anymore when we're doing meditation? How do we kind of channel that creative daydreamy place? Because it feels sort of unnatural now a lot of times if you're not used to it. Wait, Liz, I have to ask this really quick. Did you listen to like one of her latest episodes? Not one of the latest, but because I have listened Because in regularly. one of your latest episodes, in the meditation, you talk about that. Oh, exactly. Just, which is, I was listening to it this morning. <laughs> and you, and it was all about mood and, and energy and how when you're younger, you put yourself in that place and you imagine it. So you have the ability. I mean, you're obviously going to explain it, but I just thought that was really cool because she just had a podcast episode out about that. I totally knew that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I also, in my hypnotherapy business, um, I see kids ages eight and up. And what I always tell parents is that kids are way better mm-hmm. at hypnosis because they haven't crossed that line yet mm-hmm. into not remembering how to imagine things. Mm-hmm. You, When a little kid is playing Star Wars, they think they're the Jedi. Even though they know they're not, they think they are. Hypnosis and guided meditation reverts you to that same state. And as to your question, like, how do we get that back? Mm-hmm. We get that back by choosing it and then supporting ourselves with different practices or experiences to help realign us to the magic of what this life is. In more quote-unquote proper Buddhism, they talk about in Zen, the beginner's mind. This is exactly what we're talking about, that you come back to a state of everything is brand new in each moment Mm -hmm. to let go of your preconceived ideas about how this person has shown up in the past or what this situation has played out to be and just look at it like it's a brand new movie in the movie theater and you're like, whoa, this is so cool. What's going to happen next? It's a really good way to think about it. It is because you always hear that when people are talking about meditation and things. It's like we have to live in the now, right? So it doesn't matter what happened in the past, like this is a new experience. But a lot of times I'll hear people argue or even, you know, like my my own inner voice will say, well, I I know how this is going to pan out or this is just how I am. And, you know, and it's it's really hard to let go of your preconceptions of how things are going to work out. So how do you help people kind of move through that worry and move through that connection to the past or what they think is going to happen? Yeah, that's a great question. So everything's always a process. And just as we learned one way of being, we also have other ways of being that Mm -hmm. we learned and ways of being that we remember. So maybe a good example would be somebody who comes to me who has gained weight and they want to lose the weight. They've gotten themselves in, and they used to be thin. They've gotten themselves into habits that don't support being thin anymore. But the truth of the matter is, is they know the habits that do support them being thin. Mm -hmm because they had those before. And so rather than allowing that part of you to continue to believe the excuses that you're making, to really tap back into through that eyes closed process, that more powerful you that somehow because of some things that happen in life kind of got covered up or Mm -hmm. set in the closet. Mm -hmm. 
and bring that one back out and be like, oh no, we're doing this and we can mm-hmm. keep doing it. So there is this place in you, and I really believe this too. There, like at our core, we are this powerful, I don't know, like if I, you want to say like optimistic or happy self, but then things in life happen that cover it up. So is it all about really learning to uncover and get back to that place? Is that what meditation and hypnosis really gets to? Like, is that the root of it? Um, well, I think that you can use both of those tools to create whatever you want to create. Mm-hmm. And so certainly if this idea of getting back to a place where you're joyful and creative and you know, whatever that is for you, then yes, you could use these tools. You can also use them to learn or model more quickly and easily behaviors that you haven't been yet. Mm. Like maybe you've never really spoken on a stage in front of 10,000 people because you break a sweat when you just have to speak in front of 10. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And yeah, we could say, oh, well, that came from when I was in second grade and people laughed at me in front of the classroom. And we could say all that and it may or may not be true, but we don't have to go back to the back to fix that. We can Hmm. just model the new behavior that you want to have and you can move forward. That's really empowering because I feel like when I look at the things that have happened negatively in the past that I feel like have shaped some of my negative habits, it seems like, you know, I've got like 30 years of whatever it is built up and it seems so impossible to go undo 30 years. Like I say to myself, is it going to take 30 years to like go back and unwind all that? No, and so it the idea not. to <laughs> just like have this be the beginning instead of the end and go backwards. I think that's really, for me, really comforting. Yeah. And that actually prompts like another question. So I feel like when I'm working with myself or I'm working with clients, a lot of times like things will start to come out, like the more we work together. And then my mind makes this connection like, oh, well, that's why this is happening because it's been it's been growing from this situation here. Or, you know, like your subconscious beliefs are are formed from this past experience. And so I always struggle with, do we need to go back and unpack that? Do we need to, like, I actually just gave one of my clients an exercise where I said, why don't you write down this experience? Like, why don't you go through and write everything? Don't worry about it and then burn it. And then it's done and it's a way to release. Is that something that you should still do? Or should you kind of take more of the route like, that happened, and yes, that might have molded where you are today, but also we don't have to go back. We can choose to move forward. And so what's kind of the best course of action? Yeah. <laughs> or should you use more? <laughs> is it different for every person? Yeah, yeah exactly. I'm right. not, not going to pretend to know the answer to yeah. that. Um, <laughs> I got real deep on that. Yeah, all no, it's, it's Hamilton. a great question, and it's totally true. And <laughs> yeah. quite frankly, there are plenty of people who could be sitting here and they would like tell you what they think about that and yeah. have an answer. I don't really have like, this is right or wrong answer. Yeah. I believe that there's many different roads to get to where we want to go. Definitely. And sometimes unpacking things a bit can be very supportive of your journey. And other times it becomes navel gazing. Yeah. And you've been doing it for so long, you're actually using it as an excuse to not risk and move forward. Yeah, totally. So for everybody, it's different. Mm -hmm. It's a beautiful exercise to write stuff down and burn. It's, um, you know, I think of habits like relationships. And if I had an ex-boyfriend that I broke up with years ago, sometimes going back and 
revisiting that with a, a letter or talking to him might be really helpful. Yeah. And other times it's not going to help anybody to go to that. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. Because sometimes it puts you in a place that, like you said, you're reliving it and then you start to feel guilty again or you start to like self-victimize. And then a lot of times you do hold that as your excuse. Well, this is why I am the way that I am. And then it's hard to go make improvements or really get out the person you want to be Yeah, when you're holding on to those things. Well, yeah, you can't empower yourself when you're having victim conversations. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> Like that doesn't happen. Mm. This ties into a lot. I recently um, listened to someone in a Facebook group that did a live on fixed mindset versus growth mindset. And it really, this idea of staying rooted in the past and saying like, well, that's just the way I am, which by the way is my my default way to be. It's like, (laughs) this is how I am. I've always been messy. I can't like be an organized person. These are the conversations I have all the time. Mm -hmm. And they were actually saying that that comes a lot of times from kids that like were doing well in sports or academically being told like, you're really great, you're really smart, that a lot of making an identity around who you are and then latching onto it and not seeing yourself mm. as anything else or being able to progress to anything else after that. So I feel like it kind of goes hand in hand with this idea of like, you can either stay fixed and rooted in who you are and there's no way you can change, which is a very black and white way to look or that there's the opportunity to yeah. grow and move forward. Yeah, yeah, growth. that's beautiful. Absolutely. Identity transitions uh, bring many people to my podcast and my (laughs) office. Well, I definitely, I know we talked a a while ago when we met at Zest Juice at Easton for the first time and I was kind of playing around with, it's funny because then I was like, I would love to do a session with you, but I was almost afraid because I didn't understand what hypnosis was. And there's a very like woo-woo, I think, TV Yeah, like the spinning circle and the yo-yo or whatever. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. (laughs) And I do want to dive into that a little bit. But Yeah, let's go for it. Yeah, but also like now as we're having this conversation, because I've been working so much on this mindset and things that we're talking about, I want to go back and have a session. I'm not really afraid anymore, you know, because Mm -hmm. I understand kind of what's happening and I'm going through a transition right now in my life. And it's like, I need to, I'm either going to go one way where I'm going to revert back to my fear-based brain and my old habits. Cause I do have a lot of like, I have a lot of beliefs about my anxiety and who I am, you know, like this is how I am and I'm afraid of change. And when things get hard, I go back to this place I don't like. And- okay. So I'm going to interrupt you there because <laughs> yeah. that is your subconscious mind coming up. Mm-hmm. Your subconscious mind's number one job is to keep you safe. Yeah. And the way that it does that is by keeping you inside of what it knows already. Oh, and my subconscious mind is loud, like really loud. Yeah. So yeah, I would love, I mean, to have a session here soon before you move to Bali. You you want to do it right now? Sure. Yeah, let's do it. Um, For real or like? Yeah, maybe we'll do it one-on-one, not on the show. I was like, we're not going to go. I'm just going to sit and watch you guys. Also, also, like my listeners would know probably way too much about me after like a live session. But can you talk to us a little bit about like this woo-woo, watchy, hypnosis, hypnosis, <laughs> hypnosis thing. Yeah. Yeah. Like to kind of- I would of love to speak into that a little bit. Go for it. <laughs> so I actually, being raised in the Midwest, I'm, I'm raised in Columbus. Mm-hmm. Oh, cool. When I was living in Los Angeles, this hypnosis thing kept coming up. And like any practical Midwestern girl, mm-hmm. I thought it was bullshit. Yeah. You know, I'm, As I would Midwesterners, we're very, mm-hmm. we're very judgy and very practical about <laughs> things like that. Yes, yeah. we are. <laughs> and uh, so I had that misconception mm-hmm. about 
the way TV and film portrays it as well. What I discovered was that it was totally not it. So 10% of the population can be hypnotized to the degree that you would see them in stage shows. Hmm. For whatever reason, they're just like, you know, the Tour de France bike riders of getting hypnotized. <laughs> Most people can ride a bike. Most people are not going to ride in the Tour right. de France. They're mm-hmm. just not going to have that. Now, that said, you can train. So you might not be super great at hypnosis the first time you do it because like any skill, the more you do it, the better you get. Mm-hmm. And there's a small percentage of people who can't be hypnotized, but they tend to fall on the developmentally disabled scale. Um, or they've had some kind of brain trauma that makes it impossible for them to remember three simple but important instructions in a row. That does not include ADD brains that think super fast. In fact, they are very hypnotizable. Nobody can hypnotize you without your permission to a degree. So the reason I believe why TV and film makes hypnosis out to be this big scary thing is because they don't actually want you to know that when you're watching, you're getting hypnotized. Mm. Mm. Hypnosis is just a trance state. It tends to be in a hypnotherapy setting deeper than the zoning out in front of the TV level of trance state, Mm -hmm. but it's still a trance state. It makes me think of like um, kids and how one of my biggest, um, I don't know, just like annoyances is that when you watch TV, like all of the things you're throwing at kids, like Lucky Charms and all of yeah. these, you know, sugary drinks and they're colorful and they're fun and, yeah. you know, or Which toys. used to not be allowed, but that's a story for a different day. Yeah, and it's like all of these toys and kids. I remember myself, I have a very distinct memory of me. I always used to sit and watch the TV and I would be like, mom, I want that. Mom, I want that. I all, it was like a thing I that's just said. That's because you were hypnotized. Exactly. <sighs> right? And so it, I was. I was in a trance watching all these things and these colors and these stories. And think about how that… It tricks you, absolutely yeah. tricks you from from what you truly want. That's not what you but want. But the difference is, is I feel like that, what that idea of TV being a trans state mm-hmm. is, has kind of a malicious intent or a yeah. not pure intent. I would agree. Whereas people <laughs> that come for help and people that are right. offering help, obviously they want to move you to a better state. No one's yes. like, I'd like to smoke more cigarettes or, <laughs> yeah. right, you know. And, and I do want to point out, so Harvard did a study on the ability of somebody even in deep hypnosis, like stage show level hypnosis, Mm -hmm. can you give them suggestions that are outside their moral code and cause them to comply? The answer is absolutely not. Mm -hmm. Every time they attempted to give a suggestion outside of that person's moral code, the person would wake up. They dubbed it the observer effect. Mm -hmm. So even somebody who's in a stage show level, they will not do something that they don't believe is okay or safe. Mm. Interesting. That, that makes me feel really good too, because that also just proves like at, at your core, you know what's you know. right. Yeah, yes, like you, you know do. what you need. You know what's best for you. Absolutely. But sometimes it just takes some work and some help from somebody to help uncover that. Yeah. Oh, that's so good. Mm-hmm. So it's powerful and it's so powerful that they don't want you to know. Mm-hmm. And then for everybody who's listening right now, I want you to know that just by hearing that, TV and film and Facebook and the news, 
just hearing that that is causing a trance state that's making you more suggestible to the influence of yeah. the information in advertising, you have now just become less suggestible to the influence of Ooh. their advertising mm. and other suggestions. So just know that this has occurred already. Ooh, oh, this is such good stuff. Okay, I want to talk a little bit more about meditation in that a lot of times people say, I just can't, right? I yeah. just can't meditate. And before, like at the beginning of our conversation, you were talking about how you do guided meditation, which I really like. I really love like the imagery. And like you said, it's I, you are taken away from reality. Like you are imagining yourself in this situation or like you were talking about in another one I was listening to, like this balloon, like filling up with your worries and going away. And I just so resonate with those things. Is there a way to help people kind of relax in that and just kind of trust the imagery and trust the breath and things? How do you get people to feel cozy in meditation and not so, I can't do this, this isn't going to work type of thing? Yeah. First, my superpower is my voice, I think. It really is. Okay. <laughs> totally had a conversation about that because as we were talking, I was like, this is what you sound like on your podcast. Like, how are you so calm? How can I incorporate that in my own life? Yeah. And part of that skill in training too. I mean, we have natural gifts mm-hmm. and then we get to refine them. Mm-hmm. The process of allowing ourselves to relax, you relax when you go to sleep at night, you relax when you get in a jacuzzi, you relax in the shower, you relax at the beach, you relax on a boat, you relax while reading a book. If you can do one of those things, even to a tiny degree, mm-hmm you can learn how to relax in meditation. Mm, I love that. Oh, I'm going to steal that. I'll quote you, but (laughs) I'm going to steal that when I'm talking to my clients. Like if you can find this relaxation in here in this way, you can find it in other ways too. I just, and I just made that up. So um, (laughs) beautiful. And if it starts for three minutes, it starts for three minutes. What I find is that most people are so concerned about their inability to do it. They're Mm -hmm. actually causing the inability to do it. Yeah. Instead of just saying, you know what? Screw it. I'm just going to sit here for three minutes. I give myself permission to totally suck at it. I give myself permission to have all of the crazy thoughts come in that seem stupid and to itch every part of my body for the next three minutes. And I'm just going to do this every day for like the next 10 days and see what happens. It's just three minutes a day. Yeah. I think when you give yourself permission to to allow thoughts to happen and to— you know, like want to itch your body and all those things, then it takes this, the scariness away from it. Totally. Because people are like, oh, well, I can't just not think. And you can't just not think. Your brain's job is to think. Right, right. That's never what it does. Stop. Yeah. Um, I think a lot of it too ties into perfectionism, which yeah. I'm really trying to. I used to like, I think Elizabeth Gilbert in her book said something like, people wear it like a badge of honor. I'm like, I'm a perfectionist. Like, it's this really great thing. Um, it's actually a really terrible thing. Mm-hmm. So I'm trying to undo some of that. All right, all right I'm going to interrupt you. So- Instead of saying trying, how I, would it feel to say I'm working on it? More positive. Yeah. Because that makes, it's more actionable. Uh-huh. Trying is just like may or may not effort. TBD. Trying has no movement. Hmm. I'm going to try. I'm going to work on that. Trying, <laughs> trying actually, like physically, when you think about what the feeling of trying feels like, it feels like you're not doing anything. You're just stuck. Oh, yeah. I've hmm. never thought about it that way. Words are so powerful. They yeah, are. and working they on it. They hypnotize you. They do. <laughs> it's, so another like topic of conversation is how we so talk. We have such negative self-talk sometimes. And if you mm. really 
take those words that you're speaking to yourself. Like, I can't, I can't, I should. Like, whatever those buzzwords are and flip them. So start like being aware of those words and flipping them. I feel like it's the same concept, right? Yeah, because the way we talk to ourselves also causes trance state because it's constantly running in the background. Mm -hmm. If your trance state has a default setting of negative, it's going to be a lot easier for everything to feel negative. If your trance state and self-talk is default setting positive, Mm -hmm. then no matter what happens, you're like, okay, awesome. What are we going to do next? Yeah. Now, how do you suggest practicing that? Because I know we've touched on this a little bit already, but I know some people in my mind already where it's like they've decided that that's how they are. Do you know? Like I I think negatively or I'm a pessimist or whatever. And that's just who they are. Do they need to decide or how do they, how do we teach them to know that you can change that? Were you always a pessimist? Mm, Yeah. That's a great question. Mm -hmm. Were you always like that? Was there never a time? And sometimes they will get stuck in, oh, no, I've always been like right. this. Right, yeah. Exactly. Really? So when you were one year old, you were a pessimistic right. baby. And, and <laughs> you don't remember back then. So it's no. just here's like, the thing. If you were truly a pessimist from the time you were born, how is it that you're actually able to walk across the room? Mm-hmm. Because as a toddler, when you fell down, you would have thrown your arms up and say, fuck this, I'm never doing it. Yeah. Oh my gosh, that makes so much sense. Yeah. Like you're like, like, I I can't do this. Yeah, Yeah, you're fine. You're like, I'm done. Like I'm not walking. Yeah. But that doesn't happen. That won't ever happen for me. I'm never walking. This isn't going to work. I give up. I'm just not a walker. I feel like I'm just not a walker. Mm -hmm. We're so much. Little kids are like, Gosh darn it, I'm going to try again. That's right. We're no, so much I'm braver. I'm going to do it again. Yeah, exactly. I'm going to <laughs> yes. do it again, not try. I'm going to work on it. <laughs> we're so much braver when we're young. Like we yeah. don't let those, those situations don't define us. The falling down doesn't define us. Whereas now, if I fall down in the street, I'm like, oh, I'm not just that girl that falls down on the street yeah. now. Mm-hmm. The one that trips all the time. Mm-hmm. And the more you picture yourself being the person that trips, the more your subconscious mind gives that to you because your subconscious mind language is not words. It's pictures, feelings, and tone of voice. Hmm. This is why when you think all day long, don't eat those chocolate chip cookies that are on the counter in the kitchen when you get home. Don't eat the cookies. Don't eat the cookies. Don't eat the cookies. Your subconscious mind is picturing the cookies. So when you get home, it thinks that's what you Hmm. want it to do. Wow. And then you're like, what's wrong with you? Why'd you eat the cookies? I told you all day long. Like, I have no self control. Yeah. It's like, no, actually, you told your subconscious mind all day long cookies, cookies, cookies. The cookies story is my life with. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I just made snickerdoodles like yesterday, the other day, and they're gone Mm -hmm. because I was like, don't eat them. Don't eat them. Yes. They taste great. And it's, yeah, your subconscious is like, eat the cookies. They were vegan. It's fine. It's fine. As long as it's every once in a while, it's okay. It's every day that it starts to… Balance. It's all about balance. (laughs) This always brings me back to the story of anxiety because I feel like there there was a point in time where I did not think of myself as an anxious person. There was like a couple years of my life where I was like, I'm relaxed. Like I'm confident. I'm optimistic. I'm feeling great. But then there were a couple periods in my life where… It's all I could identify myself with. Like, I was nervous about being nervous. I wrote, I just wrote a blog about this. 
And now- So you were nervous about being nervous, like mm-hmm. thinking, don't eat the cookies, don't be nervous. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. And so what did your subconscious mind give you? It was nervous yeah. all the time. <laughs> and I, there was a point where um, I developed some sort of like travel anxiety. I'm yeah, not I've even quite this. sure. I've actually had, I used to get panic attacks. Really? Okay. Oh, yeah. So I don't even know. Well, actually I do know, Liz, you were with me. I felt me really bad The for first you. time it happened. When I, we were on a trip together. So since I actually had a panic attack, mm-hmm. I remember I called my mom. I called my dad. I was like, I'm dying. Like, I don't know what's happening, but I need to get out of here. And Liz was like very concerned about my life. Um, yes. Is a true friend that she was. But ever since then, never had happened to me before. But ever since that moment, what was it now? Two, Two years, ago, years ago? Yeah. Almost three years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, I still get some travel anxiety. Like, what if that happens again? Of course. And so now how… And I try not to think about it, right? Because that's what we're talking about. But it still happens. How do you start to break that cycle? Because I want to travel. I mean, me and Cody literally are working so that we can do what you're doing. Like, yeah, so you're going to come to Bali and visit me. We are. Yeah, Next that's year, amazing. It's totally. But I don't want to have anxiety going to Bali. So how do I get out of that cycle? Okay. Are you ready for like <laughs> some magic? I'm ready. Listeners, here you, here you let, go. Let's Here's take out magic. our notebooks. Here's some magic. <laughs> So um, years ago, I stumbled on this process and I, I actually thought that it was taught to me, but then I went back to the two people that I thought taught it because I wanted to give credit. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And um, they're like, I have no idea what you're talking about. I think you just like mushed together some <laughs> different stuff and, yeah. you know, now it works. So I call it rewire it. Mm-hmm. And what you do is anytime that you have the negative thought, and this works on perfectionism as well, because yes. perfectionism is just another form of anxiety. Oh, fun fact. Yeah. Perfectionism and anxiety are both ways that our subconscious mind tries to control the uncontrollable Mm -hmm. to make it feel safe Mm -hmm. because that's Hmm. its number one job is to be safe. And when you keep yourself in your perfectionism box that everything's perfect, you're keeping in the identity box that you've got your stuff together Mm -hmm. and everybody will like you. And there's no yeah. risk involved. <clears throat> oh, gosh. This yeah. is getting real deep. <laughs> yeah, because Liz, me and you both have struggled, still struggle with this idea of not wanting to disappoint, yeah. needing mm-hmm. to please others before ourselves. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. it gets you in some tough situations. It does. Mm-hmm. All right. So here's what you're going to do. Okay. Anytime that you think one of those perceived negative thoughts, mm-hmm. um, whether it's getting panicky when traveling, whether it's, you know, being worried that what you're doing isn't good enough, you cancel, cancel, cancel. You don't say stop. You don't say it's bad. There's no judgment. There's Mm -hmm. no judgment to cancel. Mm -hmm. It's just cancel. And if you're actually making a picture in your head, and sometimes people don't realize they're doing it until I point this out to them, and then a week goes by and they're like, oh my God, I had no idea I was making pictures and now I see it. I suggest you put X's on the picture, like cancel, mm. cancel, cancel, three X's, boom, hmm. boom, boom, boom. That's step one. There's three steps. You ready? Mm-hmm. Step two is then you get to create a new picture for that scenario mm-hmm. that involves three simple, within your control, likely to be physical things that you could do that in that situation which would give you the result that you actually want. Okay. So let's say that you're thinking about getting on the airplane. Mm-hmm. And let's say that you, you, know, you have that feeling of, oh my God, 
Yeah. And then maybe you see yourself. I don't, mine was, I was going to throw up. Mm-hmm. What, what's yours? That I, I just picture myself having the panic attack okay. and feeling uncomfortable. That's so completely All it. those people seeing you have a panic attack yeah. and you're trapped in the plane yeah. and you're uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. So cancel, cancel, cancel. Mm-hmm. And then imagine what are three things in your control on the plane that you could do that are the opposite of having a panic attack um, that don't involve alcohol. Breathe slowly. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. seriously, have some wine. <laughs> breathe slowly. Mm-hmm. Um, think about something positive mm-hmm. or like a, a situation. Maybe like taking a stroll. Taking a stroll. Well, maybe not on the plane if you're locked in. Maybe oh. squeezing Cody. <laughs> I don't squeezing know. Cody's hand. Okay, so those are all good. Um, trying to think about something when you've got adrenaline going through your system probably isn't the best choice. Mm-hmm. So I love the breathing. Mm-hmm. What about humming your favorite song? Mm. Distracting myself by humming. Yes. I've thought of colors before mm-hmm. or like I try and see like, all right, I'm going to look for red. Then I try and kind of do that and like look for a color. Humming's that same idea. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Hmm. So imagine now you've canceled, canceled, canceled. And instead you picture yourself, you're on the plane, you're calm, you're relaxed, you're mm-hmm. paying attention to your breath at the edges of your nose. You're holding Cody's hand and you're looking all around for what's the most relaxing color for you? Blue. You're looking for shades of blue. Hmm. Now you've just told your subconscious mind what? To relax? To do all that. Yeah. Oh, that's so good. Now, Hmm. sometimes we get so triggered in the moment, we can't even get to the positive pictures. The good news is, is most of the stuff that triggers us is repetitive. So in that moment, if you can't get to it, when you've come down from the anxiety hit or the adrenaline hit that Mm -hmm. can happen sometimes, Mm -hmm. you can then revisit and be like, okay, in the future, when I think this thought, what are three things that are physically within my control that I could picture in step two Mm -hmm. next Mm -hmm. time? But sometimes it's something that happened in the past. We can't change the past. Or in the moment, we're super overly triggered. In that case, you do step one, cancel, cancel, cancel. And then you skip to step three which is the distraction method. Oh, okay. You just run a monologue of everything that is occurring in that present moment mm. because anxiety-based stuff is typically future-based stuff. Mm. Now, let's say that you're having an argument with your boss and it's happening in the present moment. That could be a really triggering situation that's not in the past because mm-hmm. we can't change the past. So using step two on the past is not going to work. Right. Because your brain has a really good bullshit meter mm-hmm. and it's going to go, that's some bullshit. That's not how it happened. Like I remember. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You're messing with me. That doesn't work. I'm too mm-hmm. smart. Mm-hmm. So your boss is yelling at you. You're totally triggered. You're cancel, cancel, canceling, but it's in the moment. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you get to go to step three more than likely. Always try step two first. Yeah. Um, step three would be, okay. I'm standing here. Yes, he's yelling at me. It's a beautiful day outside. I can see it through the window. I feel my breath moving in and out of my body. Oh, look, there's Sarah over there in her cubicle. Mm-hmm. I love Sarah. Mm-hmm. And you run that kind of monologue, hmm. not the monologue of, oh, my freaking what God. What did I do to deserve this? I'm the worst. Yeah, yeah he's such a jerk. You just run a monologue of the actuality of what's happening in the present moment. Hmm. And yes, he is yelling at you, but we don't need to make up stories about what that means about us. Right. Can I ask you a question from a practicality standpoint? 
What if he then asks me a question and I wasn't listening because I was distracted? Beautiful. (laughs) As someone that is easily distracted. I love that question. (laughs) So my suggestion would be to take a deep breath Mm -hmm. and let him know that in the moment, there's so much energy coming Mm -hmm. at you from this situation that you're not really sure what the answer is to that. And you would like to take a few moments, maybe go grab a cup of tea to process it so that you can give him an answer that's worthy of the question. Ooh. You like that little ego hit like at some, the end? Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah, <laughs> like Such a, a great question you've asked me, exactly. sir. But yeah. let me take a moment to process it. Yeah. I love all of this because it gives me the confidence. I think a lot of all, all of the fears come from not believing that you can change or yeah. believing that you're stuck in your situation. Victim. And Victim, victim. Exactly. And I yeah. didn't even realize, like, I didn't even learn the word, like, victim consciousness until, like, a year ago. But I was like, oh, oh my God. Like, that's what I've been doing my entire life, you know? Well, yeah. So here's the other thing. They. Yeah. If we, they. The big they. <laughs> yeah. Really have no interest in you not being a victim. Mm. Because victims are super easy to control. Hmm. Because all you need to do is knee-jerk them into their emotional state, and then you send them off in the solution that they, that you give them. And they're willing to go because they're a victim and they don't know what to do anyway. Mm. Like the news is very victimizing. Oh yeah. 100%. It's like, hate, 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 go buy something. Fear, 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 go buy something. Mm -hmm. Talk Mm. radio is often the same too. It's amazing to listen to talk radio and, and listen just to the ads in between where it's all about safety and security and protect your family. Well, that's because they're talking about stuff that like freaks you out. Yeah. Puts you into wow. victim mode. And then they say, buy this so that you feel better. That's everything. That's mm-hmm. everything. Like, I'm thinking too, like, like entertainment shows where yeah. it's like all this stuff with like all these hot people and you're sitting there yeah. going, I don't look like that. I don't look like that. And then like, oh, here's the new diet pill. That's what mm-hmm. I was just thinking too, Liz, when it comes to, cause we're in the wellness space so often. Mm-hmm. It's like, that's why we feel, we always feel so bad about ourselves because we're like, oh, well, I need to do this or I need to take this supplement or I need to work out like this because you see what you're supposed to be. I'm using air quotes. Mm-hmm. And then you think that you need to be fixed. It's yeah. like also, that's in the minimalist documentary too. How we always think we need all of these external things to yep. fix how we are. And that's just not the case. I call it subfluence. Mm. It's subconscious Ooh. mind influence. Yeah. Oh my gosh, totally. But knowing, see, it's getting to the point where people realize and know that none of that is a part of who they are. Like you can go back and you can change your habits and it's all possible. And I think all of this is about building confidence in a way, like you can do it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. It's And it's like stepping, you know, out of the matrix. Yeah. Like literally. Oh my gosh. This podcast episode has been mind blowing to yeah. me. I'm like- <laughs> I'm already thinking I'm going to go home and tell Zach, like, listen to these 10 things I learned today. Yeah. Well, and I also am thinking to myself, I need, I I always obviously share our podcasts, but I'm going to like specifically reach out and be like, listen to this episode, change your life. Aww, <laughs> like, yeah. That's awesome. so really quick. I'm just curious, yeah. speaking of podcasts, and I want to talk a little bit about your podcast. What made you decide like that was the medium you wanted mm. to go to? For your guided meditation, like 
Yeah. Well, first I was not doing a meditation podcast. There was no effing way that that was happening in my world. You didn't even want to. Oh no, I was against it. I had, <laughs> I had friends of mine cause I've been doing online stuff for a while. Mm-hmm. Um, and I had friends of mine are like, you should do a meditation podcast. And I'm like, I am not a meditation guru. I, you know, F-bomb. I like to drink red <laughs> wine. Like, no. Why aren't we drinking wine? <laughs> I know. We well, always forget. I have a matcha latte. You have tea. I drank all my water. <sighs> mm. Anyway, next time. Next time. <laughs> and so my original show that I was going to do was actually kind of a coaching call hmm. show. Mm-hmm. And I recorded six or eight episodes of it. And I was listening to it as I was editing because unlike you guys, I actually edit my own show. Yeah, no. Which you do a great job at. <laughs> oh, yeah. It like, sounds amazing. We um, just are lucky and annoying and now we don't do any of that. <laughs> it's awesome. Actually, I've thought about farming out my show a couple of times, um, but I get such pleasure out of actually doing my yeah. show. and No reason I, not yeah. to then and if it makes you. Yeah. yeah. It's great. I love it. So I was going to do this other show and it was basically me like talking to somebody for a half hour, telling them everything that they should be doing. And I was like, that is not the show that I want to do. Yeah. And so the meditation thing kept coming up and kept coming up. And finally I was like, oh, wait, you're super resistant to this. Hmm. (laughs) What does this mean? Mm -hmm. So I made the commitment to do it for a year and just see what happened. Mm -hmm. And um, a couple of years later, here we are, almost at 7 million downloads. It's, I was going to say your podcast is just, it's its huge. It's blown up like yeah, crazy. It's amazing. When did you even start it? Uh, February of 2015. Oh my gosh. And you just won something as well, like at a podcast movement convention. Yeah, it was voted by the Academy of Podcasters, the top podcast of 2017 for religion and spirituality. It's like the Oscar award, right? Yeah, (laughs) which is amazing. And honestly, I'm I'm not just saying this, but like we were talking about your voice. It's like, if you're looking to get into meditation, your podcast is just perfect for that. I mean, they're not even, they're what, a... 10 to 15 minute yeah, episodes. 10-ish minutes. I, I call yeah. it a gateway drug. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like a gateway drug into meditation. Yeah. 100%. I actually, I think, I don't know if we were saying this beforehand. I use it and I was using Calm, like an app. Mm-hmm. I, I actually Calm. replaced, I used yours instead. Mm-hmm. Um, I find, I don't know. I just find them to be like, I can connect with your message a yep. little more than I can with what Calm, what the free version of Calm gives me for today. And so, also the voice you. behind mm-hmm. the meditator, mediator, I don't know what to call it, um, makes a difference. And mm-hmm. I always am trying to find um, people that I know like my clients will resonate with. And I can't wait to recommend your podcast to a few of them because it really does matter when you're listening and you're trying to get comfortable. Sometimes you have these like really awkward voices yeah. and I just, I can't get into what they're they're saying because I'm too distracted. So yours is like perfect for that. It's like the imagery, the voice, the music, it all ties in to a wonderful experience. (laughs) Thank you. Yeah. I, I feel like I'm super picky about all of that. Even when I'm, I spend hours looking for the right music. And this year, my goal is that I'm going to be creating all of my own background music. No way. And I have been working on it. It's been really fun. A bit of a learning curve. Yeah. But even little things like most of the royalty-free background music out there has way too much high end, in my opinion, especially for a female voice to be added to it. Mm. So it's that kind of attention to detail, I think, that has really made a difference in the show. Yeah, obviously. So 
the so you have the podcast and then you also do you have a practice here if anybody lives in Columbus. I do. Although that is only part-time at this point. Yeah. I'm seeing more and more clients online. And I have a workshop in Columbus. Did you guys know I'm doing a I workshop? I saw that. I okay, did when's the workshop? Yeah, give us some details. It's April 20th. I believe that's the right date. We'll double check and okay. make sure. And it's here in Columbus. It starts Friday evening, so people can just travel on Friday. They don't have to like mm-hmm. take extra days off of work. And you can get out of town. Last flight's out on Sunday. Emotional detox mm. weekend to just like dump Ooh. your junk. I need to do that. Clean it out. <laughs> yeah. And like leave feeling like beginner's mind happy nice. little kid again and be like, yes, the world is amazing. Everybody needs that. Everybody needs an emotional oh, that's detox. awesome. So it's here in Columbus. It's here in Columbus. There's tickets available. It's in a beautiful space. It's just glass all around in the middle of a field. Super excited about that. So if they don't, if our listeners are thinking, I would really like to experience this and they don't live in Columbus, they can also have a session with you via Skype. They could. Cool. And if they are in Columbus, they can come to the session. Yeah. And if you're unsure like about anything, just listen to a couple episodes of the podcast for free and then you'll know. Meditation minis. Yes. Yeah, perfect. Well, thank you so much for coming on and talking to us. I feel like I had a, a meditative experience know, just, just in this here. podcast. I know. You are secretly hypnotizing us. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm just joking. We were making mo- images in I our was. mind. Mm-hmm. And that entire time, I actually was yeah. making images in my mind. As long as they're positive and empowering, mm-hmm. I'm all good with that. Yay. Awesome. Well, again, thank you. Our listeners now know where to find you on your podcast. Um, is there a website that they can go to or any social media that you want to let them know about? I'm like the worst at social media. <laughs> um, it's Shell Hamilton, C-H-E-L Hamilton.com. Okay. Awesome. Thank you so much. Thank you so much as well. It's been awesome to sit here with you guys in the rain. On a, it, it, it is has, very It's calming. just been a great morning. <laughs> <laughs>